Yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy Roy. It's another episode of Sync Gems. Let's get it. Today, we have a very, very special guest that has decided to come back for some reason. And for that reason, I wrote a track that I'm going to pitch to a lot of libraries, Sony, probably Universal, um, all the big boys, because, you know, that's what this track needs and is calling for. So I'm just going to let y'all hear the climax and, you know, like send me feedback and shit. Yeah. Gregory Town, Gregory Town, he's the best composer I know. Gregory Town, Gregory Town, dropped so many gems in a row. Gregory Town, Gregory Town, getting all the bitches and hoes. Now I'll just leave you with it and, um, tell you what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about so many cool subjects and topics and I feel like the biggest theme of this podcast is decoding what it means to be a full-time composer. What it means to, to, to keep yourself humble as you're doing this full-time and what it also takes away from you as a composer. What it took from Greg, what sacrifices he needed to make. And uh, yeah, we go into a lot of very inspiring rabbit holes. And Greg, as usual, he just drops the bombs. So I'm keeping this one short. If y'all want to support the podcast, you know what to do. Just go ahead, rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to on your mobile device. So If you want a one-on-one with me, I'm still giving three more one-on-ones in the coming month to people who leave an amazing review on Apple Podcast and write their hashtag in the lower part so I can reach out to them or make a screenshot of your five-star rating on Spotify, put it on your story with a way that the podcast has helped you in your life. So you're basically writing me a review on your story. And that's how you get the chance to win a one-on-one with me. Another big thing is we've started the Discord community, which is an amazing thing. And it's kicking off really well. We are going to start to do masterminds on Thursdays. So we're going to meet live. We're going to talk shop. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk life. And this is going to happen every Thursday, 10 p.m. EST. So come through. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes or y'all can hit me up on IG and I will send you the link to the Discord. And without further ado, my man. Gregory Town. Yo, the man, Gregory Tan. Hey, what's up, yo? Uh, shit, I was so happy to have you back. It's been a minute since we last met in Singapore. That was really fucking exciting um, to me. And um, I feel like it, for me, it was an, an, a, a beginning to something, mm-hmm. um, to, to meeting the people who I actually talk with on a daily basis uh, in reality is just like it gives it a bit more of a a a, a 
face and and just like a, an energy and 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 yeah, I feel like it was it was a great thing to to catch up in Singapore, and now a few months later, um, we are we are here, we are yeah. keeping in touch, we are doing That's it. Right? <laughs> How have you been, Gregory? I've been good. I've been well busy, like pretty much everyone else would probably say, but um, good kind of busy, thankfully. Um, but yeah, man, just cranking out the tracks, working with the publishers, um, seeing little bits of results here and there to keep me going. Um, happy, humble, grateful, um, yeah, and still pushing. What about you? What 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 is that? I, I, I'm good. I'm good. But what mm-hmm. what is that? What does that look like when you're saying keeping busy? What does what does keeping busy look like for you? Um. Well, I think obviously, like since you know we both. Of people on the podcast are, are listening, and they're all aspiring producers and composers, or very established ones that write for sync, um, or trying to get into the game. I think for me, that just means continually writing tracks, um, pushing for high quality, pushing myself each time um, to give um, my best um, for the people that I work with, notably the publishers, or I guess indirectly the clients. So that for me is, you know, that's that's what it means, you know. Um, to just keep on going, um, yeah, keeping busy in that sense. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think our conversation is gonna co- uh, connect with my conversation that I've had with with uh, with uh, Jonathan, which it's mm-hmm. it's an episode that will come before you. But I feel like, yeah, the the concept, this concept of staying busy and and doing what it takes to to kind of um, keep yourself in and going in the music space and it looks different for everyone and anyone right um yeah and that's that's i feel like that's the the this these last few podcasts i feel like this is the most important thing that uh uh, i want to the most important point that i want to drive is that it looks different for everyone but you know what? Like, I gotta ask an interesting question. What, what's, what do you feel like are the sacrifices that you are making uh, to be doing what you are doing right now? Um. Well, for me, because I, I sort of do this like full time, right? Like, so this is like my, my, my day job, if you will. Um, and I only have one job. Um, <laughs> thankfully, um, I, I think what I've given up is pretty much what many people in our industry who have done this for a long time um would say um probably a lot of time and dedication goes into this um and a lot of um i guess sometimes the neglecting of the social aspect you know like like people who work a corporate job with fixed hours they're like okay 6 p.m like let's go out and unwind we know for the most part Almost every other day, we would probably knock off work at six and probably like go get a drink or hang out with friends and family after that. But with what we do, it's not always the case, right? Plus, sometimes you have last minute changes you got to make. Sometimes you're in the midst of the customs and you got to like put stuff on hold or you got to push back um, plans that were probably made in advance. Um, so, these things for sure. Um, as well as, um, I guess, a lot of it sometimes. Unfortunately, your health takes a little bit of a backseat because you're so focused. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying it, it happens, right? Um, your health. And um, whether it's mentally or physically, 
you know, mentally is an important one as well, because I think not many people speak about like the potential drawbacks of, you know, pushing towards um, sync placements or um, just doing the whole sync licensing thing. I think a lot of us tend to, to jump right into it, tend to run, you know, like 100 miles an hour or, or, or something like that and um, burn out, you know, um, really quickly. Um, and then, you know, then life sort of forces you to take a backseat and realize like, okay, like, um, I shouldn't be running at this pace. I shouldn't be killing myself at this pace, you know? So there are a lot of things and I think different things work for different people. But for me, these, these are the things that I've realized that have, um, I wouldn't say neglected, but you know, that I've sort of sacrificed for, you know, you sacrifice a little bit of social life, a little bit of family time, a little bit of luxuries, you know, you can't like, um, you can't just tell a publisher like, yo, I know I'm in the midst of custom, but I'm just going to go out for a beer or something. Like it just doesn't add up. Right. It's not responsible. Um, and, and stuff like that. Right. So I think, um, as much as it forces you to prioritize, sometimes only going through the process, like allows you to figure out what to prioritize. So yeah, for me, that was health. Um, that was like quality time. That was like, not just blindly focusing on ridiculous hours of long hard work without any positive results but yeah yeah it reminds me of you know what it reminds me of athletes um and i feel like yeah athletes are very celebrated composers aren't really celebrated to be honest like athletes are very (laughs) celebrated they're jacked you know like and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but I mean, especially in in the in the field of you know boxing. Let's let's just mm-hmm. take it uh, take that field uh, where I, I watch a lot of movies. I love watching movies and documentaries and things like that uh, about people who box or people who golf or people who do singular sports like we do mm-hmm. as 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 yeah. as, as uh, mostly as uh, composers um, and. Yes, sure. There are the labels slash sponsors or, you know, like the, the, the people with the expectations. But, you know, like you have to deliver day in, day out. And it really can wear you off. And also it can create um, like this bulldog mentality that is not always positive for a person. Like, okay, let's take, let's take uh, um, people are, who are the greats who don't exit on the high note. Like who 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 win the championship and then go spiraling down, you know? Like uh, who have like yeah. the, the next fights they're gonna lose and lose and lose and lose, and they they're just trying to get that one win to get out with, and in that time they're getting knocked out again and again and again and again, um, yeah. And it just makes them to the world. It's like why, um, and to them it's like they're trying to hold on to something. Do you feel like there's a lot of this in? in music as well, like with identity, with all these kind of things that, that people want to prove with the online stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like there is this, uh, not letting go mentality? And do you think there's, there are ways to combat that if people are trying to do it full time, of course? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, myself, I'm definitely guilty of this. We, we tie our self-worth, you know, this composes to the amount of success we have, whether that's in the amount or the kinds of sync placements or just, you know, in general, if you write a TV, like the kind of placements that you get, um, or even the publishers or friends that you're associated with, 
right? Like, oh, you're part of this team, you know, you're part of this group, um, and and these guys are killing it and winning it. And by association, you know, people think, oh, because you're part of this team, it's a matter of time before you know, like, you start killing it as well. Um, and that might be true, you know, um, and that's totally cool. But I feel that it's almost become unhealthy um, to consistently um, compare whether it's other people or ourselves to, you know, like the larger, you know, uh, community of composers out there. Um, sometimes when it's, you know, when you go on social media and you see like the same few guys winning multiple placements, multiple things over and over and over again, uh, with the same few, you know, like massive publishers that have been around since, you know, uh, in my case, before I even started writing music, you know, like I, I knew of these guys and I was just like, like, okay, this, this has come to a point where, um, it's not doing me any good, you know, I have to find a different focus, you know. So I think it's totally cool if you use social media, if you use Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or anything to talk about, like, your achievements. I think that's almost, in a way, sometimes necessary for branding in a digital age, but that's a whole different topic. I think the problem comes in when, you know, you start to attach too much um, self-valuation or, you know, self-worth um, to these kind of things um, and it you, it starts to feel like oh someone else's win sort of removes from you a certain amount of value mm. it sort of makes you feel smaller mm. you know and I think that mindset is when okay it's time to stay off social media or you know to just be brutally honest and raw you know with yourself and go like why am I feeling this way you know because you can't stop other people from winning you can't stop other people from like posting their achievements and things like that right um, but when it starts to get to you mentally, emotionally, and affecting who you truly are, you know, I think that's going to be, um, that's a way larger problem than looking at a Facebook post and going like, dang, I wish I won that, you know? So, um, yeah, I think we live in an age where, uh, there's going to be like, unfortunately, unfortunately, more of these kind of things, you know, like when there's definitely more placements from people just because there's more opportunities, it's more reason to celebrate, right? But ironically, it creates like more questioning of our self-worth. Um, it creates more um, looking at ourselves and wondering why aren't we good as, you know, those guys, you know, without actually knowing the journeys of these people that we look up to or, you know, feel salty towards, you know, I'm sort of like balancing both ends of the spectrum here. But like, um, yeah, ultimately, I think, like I think I said in the first podcast with you, you've got to learn how to celebrate the success of other people. If not, you'll always compare them to yourself and you'll always start questioning whether you're good enough or whether you're, you know, like just working the right way or, you know, you question your talents and all that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, I, I think there's this really famous quote. I can't remember where I saw it and who it's by, but it's like the person asked, why do we always look at the failures of people only when they become successful, mm. you know? So it's like, oh, you're so successful. What's your story? You know, and all of a sudden you want to know my story. When previously, when I was up and coming, when I was on the grind, no one cared about yeah. me. You know, <laughs> like it's the funny thing, right? So I ask myself that a lot. Like, what is this person's story before they, you know, become, you know, like they're not there yet, but at the rate they're going, it seems like they are, they're going to become something massive one day. You know, I want to get in, you know, and know their story before. And that keeps me grounded in a lot of ways. And it keeps that comparison factor 
like at a low. I'm not saying it ever goes away, but for myself, I think this is what keeps me in check and keeps my feet on the ground in that sense. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, a few things came up when you were speaking. Like one of them is, you know, I I, I had a, a conversation with the co- coordinator in uh, transit and and the the mm-hmm. agency. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah. as as I was speaking to her, I was like, these are the friends I need to have. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need to be friends with the supervisor, <clears throat> with Jen Malone or whoever's doing like Euphoria or these. I, I, <laughs> I would love to. I would love that. But for me to come into mm-hmm. this room with a completely clear mind, uh, I have to be at a certain in my the way that I see it. I have to be at a certain caliber. And add a certain yeah. uh, a calmness within myself, which I'm not in right now, to mm-hmm. approach this person mm-hmm. with with really an eye to eye approach. And and people mm-hmm. like like uh, Sophia, like the coordinator, like that girl would be my homie. You know what I mean? Like that we mm-hmm. were speaking an hour before the podcast, an hour after the podcast. She would be my homie. Um, and so and, good. And, yeah, awesome. and that's the people I, I feel like I should roll with. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, yeah. um, people who yeah. are like are as awesome as I am, and as uh, as like mm-hmm. on the same grind as I am, and being able to yeah. kind of um, look at these 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 uh, uh, um, these relationships as little investments I'm making in myself for my own good, and also for for just like also filling up the other cups of social interaction, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it could be also body, like going to the gym with a person or things like that. Yeah. Like being able to fill these yeah. cups with people who are also up and coming, I feel like it's not very oh, yeah. talked about. And people, um, again, they reach out to me and they're like, what's the secret sauce? What are the best libraries? What is the best uh, uh, way to go? Plug-ins. What is the best yeah. style of music for TV and film? And, you know, like there have been people on this podcast who are like, yeah, hip hop is the best. Rock is the best. This is the best. And I, I would say, no, fuck, fuck all of it. None of it is the best. Like, it's just, it, it's just. What are you doing music for? Do you want to make music for soap operas? So you're not gonna make uh, a hard rock. That's that that that's that's it. It's just like yeah. it's not uh, um it's not black black or white and not black and white. It's just so many. There's so yeah. many shades in the middle, and and, yeah. and and that's what the biggest thing I want I want people to to take away from this is there is no one way to skin this cat and also for, to what you were speaking to, like the interactions um, should be with people, not only that can pull you, pull you up, but that you can provide value for so you both can rise. And it's, it, yeah. and, and it's so much more fun, I feel like. And, and, and I know it. And like, I feel like I know it, that it's so much more fun to make a, a big leap with a homie and and somebody you came up with as opposed to somebody who's already up and is kind of like whoop here you go because yeah that's that's the that's the shortcut and and it's like it, it can have the lottery effect as well like you get pulled up and then you don't maintain you can't maintain that level so you you get back to your to your uh to where your thermostat is 
And where you ri- when you're rising with people, it's just like this effect of like of this tra- uh, uh, ascendance from down. Yeah. And and that is what everybody wants the sauce to. And there's no sauce to it other than really being in the right rooms and and really making the the these investments in yourself, in my opinion. Yeah, no, totally. I'm like I, I can't remember, you know, I think a friend was quoting a study, you know, that he he did some research on and he was saying like um this study, this paper that was um published, was it by like Harvard or like one of those like massive Ivy League universities and they were like, um, oh, the the biggest opportunities, like based on their study at least, um, the biggest opportunities seem to come from informal networks. You know, so it's not so much about like, oh, um, my dad, who's a rich and influential businessman, got me in the door of, you know, Disney executives and they gave me a chance to like write you know, music for their projects. It's not so much that, but it's more like the people you meet along the way who become your friends, you know, who sort of like are part of your network, but without a formal title to it. Like you didn't really meet them under like professional circumstances. Um, You know, these kind of people are people who would naturally or organically want to think of you, you know, when a certain project arises, you know, like if you keep, you know, in contact with them consistently and you develop a proper relationship or friendship with them. I think these are the things that would probably set you apart, you know, from just like, Oh yeah, my company works with publisher a and publisher a has great composer a. So yeah, we are forced to go with great composer a, which maybe I don't really like as a person, but we're forced to do use this music because, you know, it's part of our contract or something like that. Right. Um, I think that could work, obviously, but it's very different, you know, for like when you talk about like long term opportunities, it's like I want to think of you instead of I, I need to think of you, you know, so it's like I want to work with you as opposed to I need to work with you because like, you know, we're bounded by legal obligation or something. Right. So I think this is where the difference is. I think, you know, like there's a producer, I think he does like more hip hop and pop and stuff, and he's pretty influential. And he said something like, um, a lot of people want to work upwards, right? They want to like network with like the bigger players, the bigger fish in the field. And by all means, you know, you got to keep doing that, right? But, you know, people forget that there's also a lot of value with growing with the people at the same level as you. And I think that really, it hit me, you know, because I'm like, yeah, we're always chasing the bigger publishers, the bigger placements, you know, bigger opportunities. And we should, you know, but when was the last time we collaborated with someone, you know, who's on the same publisher as us? Right. Mm. Um, when was the last time we co-wrote with someone from a different background, um, maybe from pop, who doesn't know much about sync, you know, but they have such a unique sound, you know, that you could trailerize one of their pop songs and, you know, just pitch it to one of the sync publishers or sync agents. You know, all these things um, could work, but we don't really think of that. We think about like, oh, um, this big trailer publisher got a big placement in this show. Like, I got to mm. write for those guys, you know, so it becomes this like, like, are we losing sight of the larger picture, you know, because we're always looking up, you know, um, and so, yeah, that's just my take on it, so. Getting all the bitches and hoes. Boom, troubleshoot, we are back. Um, so, yeah, we, we we were speaking, you you brought up such an important point of, like, people wanting to work with the greats without, without understanding that uh, the greats are already where they're at. Uh, which is nice, like working with the with the big libraries. It's a it's, yeah. it's a good goal to have, 
Uh, that being said, I feel like the most uh, impactful thing that a person can have on their career is work with people who are up and coming. And and when I when I'm thinking about it, about what you were saying, yeah, I was thinking like, do I really want to work with? I mean, there are some some agencies and libraries that I'm talking to right now, which are some of them are smaller, um, but they actually want to get me on the phone. They want yeah. to to speak with me. They want to feel my energy. They want to know who I am. And and when I think about it, as you're speaking, as I'm thinking about it, like, man, like these these are probably more like the people who I want to work with. If of course, if they uh, uh, see eye to eye with me, and if they see the music going to where I see it going, and then uh, I feel like it's more of a work together than uh, than. You work the sponsorship. The sponsors accept uh, expect something from you. There's there's a you're both as invested. Whereas with a bigger label, they're like, yeah, you can bring it in. Uh, we have a thousand composers like you, but you can you can throw it into our catalog if you like, which is nice. Um, that being said, I mean, like yeah. again, win with with yeah. a smaller library or agency that's growing and becoming something. Uh, would actually make you a go-to for them, and would actually make it a a a a more sustainable life uh, uh, lifelong work thing than just a stint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I, I think there are like there there are many ways you know to go about like quote unquote succeeding at what we do, or at least becoming happier with the results. Um, of what we're doing um i think first of all like the mindset of that this is a long-term game um has to be constantly drilled into us you know like when we look at the grades we look at all those guys lending those massive things or those big trailer you know theatrical placements and stuff you know we tend to forget like how long or when did they start you know like how long were they doing this what were their mistakes along the way what what did it take you know to for them to get to where they are, you know, did they have like um, the right connections? Did they have, you know, did they grow with the right people at the time and the right people became those um, very valuable connections that um, they needed to get a foot into the door with the big boys? Um, You know, so there's a lot of questions, right? And because we won't ever truly know the answer, um, I think the only way is to consistently look at what our journey is like and readjust accordingly. Like, okay, this is working out well. Should I do more of it? Or should I push for like higher standards? You know, like what what should I do? You know, so I think instead of being super focused on like the results, like how many things am I getting from this publisher? What's my PRO statement? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it also should be like, am I getting better as a composer? Am I putting out better music? Okay, if I am, are my current publishers appreciating that? Or are my current publishers, you know, just like, yeah, you're good. You know, we want you to do a single track. Now we want you to do a full album, you know. So you're like graduating in that sense. Or like, okay, I think I have sort of like, um, um, I need to look for, for publishers with better clients or, you know, publishers that mm. are maybe smaller in size, but super hyper-focused on a specific genre that I'm good at. You know, like, let's let's go for that. You know, so I think there's a lot of evaluation. There's a lot of self-awareness along the way that's not spoken about enough it's just like oh this publisher has got displacement i want to work that publisher without like actually thinking about 
the, the you know the pros and cons of of that you know um so yeah i i one thing that keeps me really grounded is focusing on the journey as a creative um and recognizing where i am in my journey compared to someone else's because i don't know like i said i don't know what someone else's journey truly is going to be like right so the best thing i can do is just to focus on myself and to keep competing only with myself and you know compare maybe like okay it's 2023 july where was i in 2022 july you know so it's like comparing like on an annual basis you know at the same time you know in the previous year and then looking at the benchmark as opposed to be like oh it's already been a year how come i've not landed those big marvel placements yet you know so it's like yeah so it's always the most humbling thing to do first of all yeah the one year thing golden mm-hmm. Golden. Everyone who is listening right now, ask yourself, was I in a different place last year? Um, and would I, would, I, uh, um, <clears throat> would I believe if I told myself that I would be here? But and another very powerful thing you can do is do the same thing with 10 years back. So like go 10 years, 10 years ago. If you would ask Roy oh, 10 yeah. years ago when he was 22, um, you, uh, um, do you know you would be sitting in, at 32 in on an island with the ocean five minutes to you uh, with the option with, <laughs> with no obligation to anything because you are doing what you love? W- would I believe it? M- maybe, probably. I wanted to be famous when I was 22, so I, w- I would probably believe it. Um, would I believe it would be like it is right now? Hell no. That I would have a little, a little puppy and a little life that is completely in my control, I would not know that. So, like, if I if I ask myself this, even five years ago, you know what? Yeah. Five years ago, it was even more valid. Like, I was lost five years ago. I was like, it was just the time where I was um, kind of uh, um, um, admitting defeat in the in the music realm, where I was like, I'm I'm good at this, but but do I want to 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 um, take in the failures that people who do this uh, are taking, and I said no, and I humbly put the put the uh, 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 hung the towel, as they say, and 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 moved on. But if you would ask me five years ago, yeah. I would say, oh my god, this is my dream. Like this is this would be my my dream, and 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 I right. suggest that each and everyone who listens to this actually. Oh, yeah. Like be sincere with yourself and ask yourself this question. And you can ask it also specifically with what you're doing right now with um, getting all the bitches and hoes. We are glitching in and out here, but we're uh, that's that's the conversation that's that's our conversation uh-huh. today. Right? We gotta just like uh, we 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 just gotta 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 roll with it and I guess the the listeners will also roll with it, but but the the thing that I want to conclude in is just like look back and see if you would if you as you know ten years, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, if you would have told yourself that you would be where you are today, what would you say? Wow! As a child, or as a as a twenty year old, or as a wherever you guys are fucking at, um, like if you ask yourself this, I mean, what would you say? And I think I would marvel, you know. Um, like no flexing here. I think I would actually marvel because the thing is, the reason I'm saying no flexing is because I'm I'm in a pretty 
like still time in my career where I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing many, many results at the same time. I'm seeing them very gradually, um, but they are affecting my yeah. life. So, so um, I love the fact that I can speak to you about that and kind of recollect and, and do this. But if you're listening to this, like have someone to have these conversations with and I feel like you would feel way, way better. Um, I, I have my older brother has an amazing career. He's done, he's done, uh, he's a startup uh, CEO. And sometimes I have to catch him to, to really, uh, when he speaks, because he's very entrepreneurial, he doesn't see where he's at actually. I'm like, would you fucking believe that you would be here three years ago? Yeah. He's like, well, well, you know, Hmm. It, it kind of puts him in a corner where he has to admit his success for yeah. a moment. Um, and, and you know, like, I, I, I feel like I want to urge people to, to look that way, to, to look. And, and, and after thinking these thoughts, if you still tell yourself uh, that you think you failed, which I believe 90, 95% of the people won't actually say that, but if you would, then just that's your time to reconsider what is next mm-hmm. for you. Um, what what failures are you willing to take? What no's are you willing to take? Because um, I don't believe that there is something that you can't do. I just believe there is something you don't you're not you don't want to do, and that's fine. Um, that's all. Like really. You see people becoming uh, pro athletes when they're when, when they start at seventeen. You know, it's it's there's no reasonable explanation to that. Like genes, genes okay, uh, body uh, uh, composition okay, but it's so much in the mind. They were willing to do it. They wanted to do oh, it. Oh yeah. Um. So so yeah. If you don't if you don't want it, then how how who are you to 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 bog yourself down? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, like that that that's a great like, you know, like little exercise to do. I I feel that, you know, whenever you're losing sight of like, you know, or feeling doubtful about a future, especially, you know, if you're talking about like a career in music, um I think it's important to recognize like, you know, or to look back and chart like the little milestones that um you've achieved over the course of your career. Um, you know, whether you're, you know, you're working a day job and doing music at night on the weekends or something, or like you're doing this full time, I think it's the same, the same principles apply to pretty much everything in life. You know, when, when you're a little bit lost and you need something to pull you back down and keep you grounded. It's like, yeah, would you three, five, ten years ago, you know, recognize what you're doing today or like actually dreamed of, you know, you actually doing what you're doing today, right? I, I think that is so important because um who knows what life really throws at us right like I, at least for myself i never thought that i would honestly be composing music you know for like trailers tv show games whatever you know uh having my own little studio set up that's not perfect by any means you know um but you know it's good enough you know to get what i i need to get done done right so like i i would never have imagined this it's it's almost crazy to me um and, you know, I think there was a point in my early 20s that I, I wished, you know, like, oh, it would be so cool to, like, know what all those knobs in the studio does. Like, what all those, like, programs, synthesizers and these kind of things, like, what they actually do. But, like, I would never have thought that it would be 
plausible or possible to create a career out of the, the whole thing. You know, because like growing up, like no one ever tells you like, oh yeah, you want to be a music producer? Like, have you ever thought about that as a possible future? Like, it was just like, no, you learn an instrument because maybe like you, you found a song you really like and you want to play it, you know? Or like, you know, maybe your parents told you it's important to learn, you know, music just to be a little bit all around it. You know, and there, there are so many stories similar to mine, right? And yours for that matter, where, where I think there's all an overlap of sorts where we never really thought, like majority of us at least, you know, like never really thought that, okay, like being a music producer or a composer or whatever, you know, um, is something that we could potentially turn into our careers, you know, for the rest of our lives or something, or at least the space of our lives. So, um, yeah, you know, I think what you said was so powerful, like, you know, thinking back and looking back at our lives, you know, even just like a couple of years or three, four years ago, um, like, did we think that we'd be here today? You know, um, it, it's it's hard to imagine, right? Like, we don't have to look far back, like COVID changed so many things for so many people, right? Um, working remotely, you know, um, remote collaborations, not that that wasn't a thing before, you know, but it was significantly um, amplified through, through, you know, being unable to go out and interact with people because of COVID. But, you know, ultimately, when I think about, you know, my own journey as a creative, like, I'm just blown away, you know, even though it feels like nothing changes on a day-to-day basis, you're just doing the same things, beating people, writing music, talking to publishers, doing revisions, sending deliverables, you know, there's nothing super, you know, inherently different, at least for me. But when I look back at my year, at least in so far, you know, it feels like so many things have changed. It feels like so many things have developed. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And the ability to to adapt, I think, is is the most uh, important, important thing that comes out of that. Like the ability to really... Um, to really to really be grateful i believe that you know as as people who are going either full time or whatever like you know what doing whatever not even music we are always the heroes of our own yeah. story and and it's our choice the choice is in our hands to 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 go like okay are we um are we taking this challenge like we are all moses in a way right like there's always this revelation for us and to whoever doesn't know what the story with Moses was, um, Moses was uh, uh, in Egypt and he was basically living with the Egyptians. And then God revealed itself to, to Moses and said, you have to lead your people out of here. Um, and he was like, what the fuck? Who am I? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm no yeah. one. I am yeah, nobody. Um, and, and, and then, and, and then God, like, again, showed itself in, 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 as a fire and spoke to him. And that was a moment he could not look back and he did what it takes. But what is your fire? You know what? Like, uh, I mean, like, what is your real calling that says, look at me, do this. Um, and is this music, is this six figures a year? Because some people are like, yeah, I want to make six figures a year, but do you want to make six figures a year? Do you, like, are you really willing to go through what it takes? Are you? Do you want to fly to LA three times a year to network? Do you want to uh, um, do the steps it takes? Do you want to start a publishing company? Do you want to do all these things that makes people actually reach that that six 
figure level. And it, it takes a, a, a certain level of yeah. business. Um, and that uh, another thing is it ties to something that you were saying um, about uh, uh, um, about believing, uh, uh, like understanding where you are at right yeah. now in relation to where you were. Like if you would ask me five to 10 years ago, again, like you'd be having a podcast right now and you'd be speaking to the most amazing people, including you in this industry and just like chopping it up with them. Would I, would I, what, what would I, would I believe that? I, I would say like, nah, I would say I, I don't, I don't have it. I don't know if I have it in me. I wasn't able to run with that fire. I wasn't able to see that calling yet, but there's always another fire. There's always another calling and, and, and really tuning in and saying, okay, this is, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've seen the fire. Now I'm, I'm, I want to get my people out of this fucking yeah. dump. Uh, and, and get them out of slavery or whatnot. And your people is your inside. Your people is your heart. Your people is everything uh, uh, like that. And 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 yeah. And sometimes your people are your people. Like sometimes uh, for me, I really one of my biggest goals in life is to be able to buy my family a home. Like it's it's a goal. It's a goal that I have. Uh, um, and 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 I'm going towards it. You know, like that's the the. All, all the premise, all this pep talk I'm doing right now is also for myself, but it's also for for people who's who who are actually listening and and going like, uh, uh, what? And again, it ties back to like, what is the one library that can get me six yeah. figures? It's it it doesn't work yeah. like that. <laughs> like your movement and your momentum is what's going to create. Uh, six figures or for that matter, four figures. If you want that like extra check for like extra boosts to be able to buy your child uh, uh, um, like a, something, a toy or whatnot, like be able to, to, to if, if that music for you is what will enable your child to go to school, then that's what it is. Like it can be so many things. There are so many ways to skin this cat. You just got to decide which one it is for you. And then like AI will happen. Things will happen. Um, we've always adapted as a species. What will happen with our money? We still don't know. Like there will always be adaptations to be made. Yeah. But but how are we rising to it? That's the question, the big question in my opinion. Yeah, no, like amazing. Yeah. Like the points that you spoke about, like, adaptability and finding and, and realizing you know like it, it's really indeed a process a journey i've spoken about this quite a bit um and not being hyper focused on results like six figure check five figure check you know like like seven figure check i mean if you can right like all these kind of things are great and important milestones but it also should not define you like oh i'm in my fifth year of writing i don't have those six figure checks yet why I suck, you know, like it, it, it's strange that sometimes like it almost sounds funny when I put it this way, but a lot of times we essentially put ourselves into that box and we go like, I've been doing this for so long. Why do I not have the results that I hope for? Or why is it like when I read a book or took a course, they told me at the end of three to five years, I'm going to be earning this amount of money. Where's that magic bullet? What plugin is like, where's the magic plugin? Right. You know, and you realize like it doesn't happen. Right, there's no magic plug. Can waves make me six figures a year? Hey, waves, are y'all listening? <laughs> How can 
Bro, that's my new chorus. How can damage make you six <laughs> figures a year? Dude, that is so funny. Like, you should totally... It can't anymore. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Damage one is... Damage cannot make you six <laughs> figures a year anymore. It's kind of an old library. People recognize damage. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're totally right, yeah. right? And like what you said, it's like mm. the, the your action, you know, your ebb and flow, you know, it's your momentum that's going to create these things or, or not, right? Not some magic plugin, not some magic sample library. Or not some magic publisher. I mean, if you come across a publisher that guarantees you six figure a year, you know, hit me up. You know, <laughs> like I want to know which publisher does that. And they're probably lying uh, to definitely. you. Definitely. Yeah, it's probably a red flag. Unless they're paying you like upfront, like of a magical deal. Oh yeah, um, like you're so you're super talented that they're gonna give yeah. you that amount of money. Yeah. And you know. Or you're doing music for a film, which congrats. oh yes, like definitely. If you know, um, like you land a project. Not yeah. saying it's impossible, but if you spend your Compose a career, produce a career, hunting for these kind of things, and the lack of them sort of defines you, like that you're not good enough. Then I think the problem lies with the mindset, you know, as opposed to actually whether these projects exist or not, right? I'm not saying it doesn't, you know, probably like, you know, the triple A level, it could, you know, but if you're not there yet or you don't have access to those kind of things, you know, then, then probably it's good to, to evaluate where you're at and see how you can work towards that. Without recognize, with recognizing the fact that without reaching those goals, it doesn't make you any less of a person or any less of a producer or a composer. Um, and I think you know more people need to uh, internalize the whole thing, right? So uh, you know, brilliant points. I love the part about like you know, ebb and flow and momentum and like how your actions actually define your 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 future in that sense. So yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, man. Love I it. mean. Yeah, I think that's it's a good it's a good place to leave it. We'll we'll speak offline, but I mean, like, man, is is um, uh, let me let me ask you this: where where do you feel like um, the industry is going towards, like live the library uh, library business and 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 uh, agencies? Do you feel like it has a certain it's going to a certain direction? Do you feel like there's something that you're asked for more lately as a custom? Uh, composer where do you feel like things are going in what's the date today well what's the date uh july 19th yeah, like let's 2023 let's, let's not hope uh let, let's hope that we don't have to look back at this and say this aged well or something like that <laughs> um, well I, I think you know there's a lot of talk about like ai you know there's a lot of talk about like um old music catalogs killing new music like people don't listen to new music anymore or something like that uh, but like I think for me, at least in the sync licensing or the library music business, um, I think that it will always stay a people business. And what I mean is not necessary that it's going to be the status quo because that's that's totally not true. But I think people or clients or publishers or you know editors or anyone supervisors they value the fact that they can interact with a human composer. And they can, you know, like communicate with them about their vision and their creativity and all the kind of good stuff that we're currently doing. And I think that's going to be amplified more. I think with the rise of AI, which many, many people are talking about, you know, and are like worrying about, you know, um, I think there is a place in the industry for it. But I think, you know, if you strive towards the top level of sync licensing or publishing or trailers or anything of that sort, it's a triple A games. I think the human connection will always stay what it is. 
or in fact, because of AI, ironically, I think it would strengthen it even further. Because like, you know, I could get a reference of an AI track and like they go like, yeah, this is this is close to what we want, but there are so many things wrong with it in this area, this part, this part. I, I want it changed, you know, but I want your touch to it. I want your sound to it. I want a human element to it. So, you know, I'm not saying there's no future. There, there's a future where there's going to be um, an AI, which, you know, it's impossible for AI to take over us. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying more of like, you know, like until that future comes, I think the human connection is going to be stronger than ever because like this whole podcast, this whole episode, we're spoken about like how, you know, the human interaction or growing with the people at the same level as you are is so important, right? I, I truly think that, you know, at the top level, I can't imagine uh, an executive of a massive media company going like, yeah, there is composer A who has like sick credits under his belt, but we like the AI more. It just feels a little bit strange to me. Right. Not saying it couldn't happen again. You know, this is up in the air. Who knows? But I think like if that executive grew with you when that person was like, you know, just like an entry level um, executive, when you were an entry level composer, it's going to be such a high chance that they remember you, that they appreciate, you know, your services or they remember just having a good time with you, you know, having drinks with you, having great conversations with you, having a friendship with you. Right. And I think after all of that is considered, you know, this person was a sole decision maker. I don't think he or she's going to go, nah, the AI is better, right? So I think more than ever, we need to strengthen human relationships. I think we need to come closer together as a music industry. And, you know, music industry tagged along with all these media companies that we write music for, you know, and, and stuff like that. I think this is what um, the future is going to look like. I think the future is actually more collaboration. I think the future is actually more human connection. I think the future is, you know, sure, there'll be some room for AI, you know, whether that's in the processing side or that's in the, the, the low-end composition side, the quick and easy side. But ultimately, this is, this is what I feel it's going to be like. I feel like there's going to be more bridges that are built between um, different music industries in different countries. You know, for example, like there are a lot of Western songwriters writing for like K-pop artists and stuff like that. So you know, things like that. I think this is the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. We're gonna, we're gonna have this, this, uh, a similar conversation in the, in the near future and see how Hopefully, like I said, we don't look back and go like, oh yeah, yeah this aged well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also hope, um, yeah. bro. Um, so where can, where can people find you? Uh, yo, if you guys are on Instagram, hit me up at Greg Tan Music. Um, or if you are on Facebook, you know, it's literally just, um, yeah, Gregory Tan or same for LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Otherwise my website, gregtanmusic.net. Um, yeah. Drop a, drop a message. Say hi. Um, yeah. Sick. Awesome. I'll, I'll leave the, I'll leave the, all the info in the show oh, notes, yeah. bro. I'm so, I'm so happy to, to 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 be calling somebody like you, yeah, my friend, likewise. and I'm so uh, so grateful for this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for coming on. Thank you for on. having me. It was great, like great ideas, great sharing, and thank you, thank you for you know this platform. Gregory so Town. yeah, Gregory Town, he's the best composer I know. Gregory Town, Gregory Town, drop so many gems in a row. Gregory Town, Gregory Town, getting all the bitches and hoes.